Hey there, it's Carolyn. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a brand new challenge that we have starting over in the Homestead Kitchen membership really soon. This one is all about making your very own herbal oils and culinary oils and cosmetic oils and turning them into salves and balms for your herbal medicine cabinet. If you're interested in joining me for the Herbal Oils and Salves Challenge, then go to homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Again, that's homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Hey, you guys, this is Josh and Carolyn with Homesteading Family, and welcome to this week's episode of the Pantry Chat, Food for Thought. This week, we're going to be talking about preparing for ongoing inflation and possible food shortages. Absolutely, but what we really should be talking about is preparing for filming outside on an unexpectedly rainy day. (laughs) We've had... We've had half an inch of rain this morning, and there wasn't supposed to be any rain. (laughs) At all, and it is July. It is uh, early July after the 4th, and supposed to be about 70 to 80 degrees right now, even in North Idaho, and we're in the low 50s with unexpected rain, and the house is full of projects. Even even the preservation kitchen is in use, where we often film, so we're out under the pop-up on the picnic tables. And, and you so, can see we're both all bundled up and yeah, it's you're chilly. hearing the rain hit the pop-up tent above us and everything. So no studio today. You're getting uh, <laughs> live what we're dealing with. And that's just the way it goes, isn't it, on the homestead? And yeah. you never know. This year, um, it's wet, rainy. The garden, the vegetable garden, doesn't like it. No, it's a little uh, chilly this well, it's year. It's cold and, and wet. Yet our pasture, which has been a struggle for us, is getting some pasture developed here at Riverbend, is loving it doing great and we're finally able to get some animals out on pasture more we've been having yep. to do a lot of hay feeding the last couple of years uh to nurture the pasture and now we're getting some rotational activity going on and sheep and cows and chickens all out there so i'm really loving that yeah it's exciting but, you know there's always an upside right there is yeah and that's going to come in a little bit to the discussion today too about talking about inflation and you know, food shortages and things, there are upsides, even when it looks a little gloomy, a little gray and dreary and rainy out. There's always a bright side. There's always a bright side. And as you guys know, while there's always problems we're dealing with, like water running down the bench, (laughs) (laughs) seriously, it's wet out here. Uh, we're, We're always, we want to identify the problems. We're always focusing on the solution. There are always positive, uh, good steps to be taking, even in challenging and even crisis times, which yeah. I don't think we're at a crisis, but uh, we're, we're moving more and more into some challenging <laughs> times. So anyways, we'll get into that to a few and a few. Um, quick, what's up with you? What's going on? Oh, well, uh, not as much as would normally be going on with us for this time of year. For mm-hmm. me, usually we would be well into berry season and harvesting, yeah. you know, peas and all sorts of things. And we are not. It. We do have handfuls of strawberries getting ripe. The uh, raspberries are looking very promising, but still a couple weeks off. So I think I have a feeling that when this season's harvest hits, it's going to hit more fast and furious than normal because we've got this like long drawn out spring so all the spring things are going to hit the same time the summer things are going to hit 
Well, what we hear so, is once in a while, there is a long, cold, wet summer and it doesn't even warm up. I'm hoping we're not going to hit that because that definitely, <laughs> I guess I better leave this here. I'm getting a wet bum. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, but if it does turn warm, it actually may turn out to be a very good garden year. Um, may come on late. So it might be. Oh yeah. And there's wind and spilled coffee too. Well, um, you know. They can't all be great, yeah. right? <laughs> okay, so what about you? What have you been up to? I've been doing less of... I. What I have been doing is trying to keep the succession beds planted because if you can't have anything else, you can have greens, right? Oh, yeah. So we're keeping, you know, planting more and more greens because if that's what's going to grow this They're year... They're happy. They are happy. Yeah, and we love fresh salads and some good cooking leafy greens. Yeah. And you Kale's didn't mention what... Oh. You've really been up to what I've really been up to, That's right? Our trip, yeah. Oh, we yeah, took a 20th anniversary, you guys. Trip, I vacation, went fishing. She I went, went fishing, actually. You, you know fishing. what? And then she complained a lot, so I dropped her off on a deserted island and left and left her all by myself. What did you think about that? <laughs> it was actually really cool. She really actually fun. wasn't complaining. I wasn't either. complaining. And I had asked to be dropped off on the I do get seasick. So I kind of want my exit if it's not going well. Um, and I was actually still feeling pretty good. But I started to get a little like, oh, it's getting warm. I'm ready to get off and doze somewhere. And so they dropped me off on an island and drove away in the boat. What do you call that? Boated away? We, sail, away. we didn't really sail, sail away, away. No. but um, but yeah, that was an interesting experience and pretty cool actually. They they found me this like I was more nervous than she was. <laughs> I came back in an hour, went and know, fished for like, a little bit, came back in an hour, and she's like, "What are you doing here?" I was just falling asleep. <laughs> I was finally comfortable, and you're back already. But <laughs> who's nervous? <laughs> Anyways, that was, was a fun, was a fun twentieth anniversary celebration. Yeah, it was yeah. very much. Okay, what have you been up to? Uh, well, besides that, you know, I'm all over the country filming for the School of Traditional Skills. You guys know, producing classes. Um, I was with Joel Salatin and then Justin Rhodes. Yes. We should link to that video. He and I actually did a video together on his place. Um, so maybe we can link to that down below and you guys can check that out if you want. And uh, really around here, um, really working on pasture. We're getting back to uh, some animal rotation. Yeah. And getting some animals out after taking a couple years to really try and get the um, some pasture up and running and improved. So um, I'm just really excited about that, working with the guys out there and working on our systems. And we've got sheep out uh, receding chickens, our meat chickens. Yeah. And, that's and, uh, exciting so that, that's been the progress. focus on the homestead. And it's been really, really good. Hi, you gonna come jump in the film right here? Come visit. We're filming live right now. Yeah. <laughs> you want to come say hi? <laughs> you don't no, no, to, no Dad. obligation, no, no. but, you don't but have to. Uh, we're putting dad on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? This is also part of a multi generational family based homestead. And this is say Carolyn's hi. dad, Jim. Hi, everybody. Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's great to have them here on the farm with us. Yeah. Oh, we love it up here, even when it's raining. <laughs> In July again. Yep. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Good. Well, let's see. Oh, we have one other thing that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, here. this is uh, you talking about yeah. uh, God's good table here with Marine Diaz. Speaking of you getting to film with uh -huh. different really amazing people, there is an event coming up on Polyface Farms. Yeah, which is Joel Salatin's farm. Joel if you Salatin's didn't know. farm. Yep. 
with an amazing woman. Her name is Maureen Diaz. She has worked uh, with Weston A. Price Foundation, and, Sally Fallon mm -hmm. Morell, for, for quite a while. Many, many, many years. Yeah. And she's actually starting her own platform. It's really exciting. It's called God's Good Table. And they are doing a nose to tail uh, conference. Event, conference event. at Polyface. Yeah. So this is really exciting because they're going to have a lot of speakers come. Let's see. I found the, the list here. Sally Fallon Morell is going to be there. Joel Salatin is going to be speaking. Chef James Berry. If you have not seen what he makes, it's called Pluck. And it's a great way of getting uh, extra nutrition into your food without the flavor of and, and using <laughs> all of the animal, right? This is about animal. using the organ meats in a way that uh, is very useful and very flavorful and right. doesn't gross people out because some people have a hard time eating the liver and the kidney and some of this and stuff. And all of that stuff. Yeah. Mike the Fit Farmer Dixon, Pork Rind, um, Maureen Diaz, and other people will be there speaking. So that's yeah. really exciting. We yep. wish we could be there. I don't think we're going to make yeah, it to Yeah, we, we definitely have been invited and the timing isn't working real well with all the production we're doing. We're actually Maureen is going to be filming a class as well for the School of Traditional Skills. Yes, sourdough. Yeah. So we're putting our efforts into that. But we wanted to let you guys know about this. If if you're up for traveling, there's a lot of challenges this year and people may not do so much. But this is a really, really cool event uh, to see a lot of neat people, um, really be inspired. And uh, even a chance to see Polyface because they're going to do a tour of Polyface Okay, uh, some well. quick details. Where is Polyface for people who don't so know? So this is in Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. So Good. it might be a, a track for some of you. But, um, might be real close but, for some of uh, you guys. It's very, very inspirational and educational. You, you, you can't spend time with any of these people, but particularly Joel uh, and Sally, and not learn a lot okay. and be really, really inspired. And we can all always use that. And it is on August 12th and 13th of this year, which is 22. Somebody just asked me, please say dates when you're doing a video, because some of us come and watch it a long time after the Oh, fact. yeah, okay. So August 12th and 13th of uh, 22, there at Polyface, we'll put the link in the description yeah. for you guys if you're interested. Hey, but another real treat on this is that Joel Salatin will actually be doing a Sunday morning service. Oh, man, we'll I would love to go to that. preaching at yeah. a Sunday morning service. Yeah. So that would be a real treat to get yeah, to see that. Sure would. So, yeah, go, if you can, go check that out. We, we're, we're sponsoring it. We're definitely pitching in to help make it happen, even though we can't be there. And would love any of you guys that, that want to go to go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So find out more in the link below. Okay, we have a couple questions of the day today. Okay. The first one is on the homemade dream cheese video. You guys, if you have not seen this video, this is one you're going to want to watch. We'll put the link in the description too. Um, Eva Steinhauser says, I made this and it's just incredible. Can anyone tell me how to wash my cotton straining towel after I've used it? I know Tide is probably not the best idea. Exactly. So if you're using a towel for or even cheesecloth or butter muslin for any sort of straining, especially when it comes to dairy, you Sorry. really don't want to use, um, you know, dish or I'm sorry, laundry detergent on anything that's going to go into your food. It's really not formulated for eating. <laughs> and uh, even the good quality stuff is not going to be awesome for that. So what you do want to do, though, wash it out in the sink really, really well. You can give it a little bit of a wash with uh, a little bit of dish soap, rinse it out, and then boil it for about 12 minutes in water. Um, 
if for any reason you feel like there's a smell associated with it, just put a little bit of baking soda into that water while you boil it. And then strain, what do you call that? String, 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 no, like uh, ring out, it. ring it out. There we ring go. It out. Ring it out and uh, hang it up to air dry completely. And that's the way you want to do that. And then it'll be all ready to go again when you're ready to use it the next time. Cool. There you have it. All right. It's raining okay. hard. I hope you guys are hearing okay. I know we're talking <laughs> loud in case you can't tell. We should have mics on, but we don't. Yep. <laughs> oh, well. Let's see. You had one more. Were we tackling sure. this one? Or yeah. say, your first five steps to starting a homesteading journey? Uh, Lena Howells asks, do you think 50 is too old to start a small homestead with some stock? This is a great question. Mm -hmm. And no, I don't think that's too old. No. Um, I, you know, I think it, it depends on you and your situation, your physical health. Um, you know, and so if you're getting ready to plan that journey, make sure you're fit, make sure you're moving, uh, maybe start an exercise routine if you're on small land or whatever, but absolutely not. And you've, you've got the right idea with some small homestead and I would include in there, start with small stock. So if you've not done any animals, start with egg laying chickens. Mm -hmm. Very, very easy to get into and get started. A great way to just get familiar with the animals, caring for them, the routine, everything else. If you're like, just have never done anything, right. it's a great place. Next logical step is meat chickens and raising meat chickens. And the reason being is one, they're small. Again, you're advancing your skills a little bit and caring for an animal. Um, but it's also short-term commitment as far as meat chickens. And you can get a lot of meat, you, you, you know, 50 chickens at five pounds, that's 250 pounds of meat with about an eight week time commitment out of the year. Yeah. That's where that's a really great place to get used to, to working with that and, and then processing those animals. And so, and um, that doesn't take a lot of strength. It doesn't take a lot of time. So if you're a bit older, that is a great, great place to start, you know, besides some gardens, raised bed gardens or, or, you know, whatever works for you. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, we hear from people all the time where the kids have finally left home and, you know, kids weren't raised in a homesteading lifestyle. And so um, the, the adults then feel like they have a freedom to move on to their homesteading lifestyle. So we're hearing from people all the time in their 50s and 60s who move <laughs> Josh is having issues. Don't float away don't here worry. in a second. <laughs> um, that are just starting their homesteads and they're excited. And, you know, I think the thing to remember is a couple of things. One, like Josh said, you can start small. It doesn't take a lot to be able to actually produce quite a bit of food yeah. and resiliency in your own system. Yeah. So don't feel like you have to, you know, jump into 40 acres and all the animals or anything. The other thing is to remember always, always is that the more, the better you get your infrastructure dialed in, the easier the work is going to be on your body. Um, you know, if you're, if you've got hose bibs in all the right location, you're not dragging hoses around all day long from one spot to the next. You know, that's a really small example of it, but it's really true. Just if you can prioritize the infrastructure um, in the early years, then it's going to pay off long run. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So go for it. Get started. Just take it a step at a time. Yeah. And I know there's, and we're going to be talking about this here. We're feeling a lot of pressure. There's a lot of things in the world around us that are motivating a lot of people to take action. And that that's the upside. That's great. We love seeing people step into this life and, and getting ready to take action. Yeah. Um, but even with all of that, you want success. You're always going to have a few failures, but you want to make sure and ensure your success. So you want to step 
appropriately for your ability, your age, your resources, and um, not overdo it because you're scared or nervous or worried, um, but take appropriate steps and help build success. And that will actually accelerate faster. And I think that's a great transition into our topic today about prepping now for inflation and possible food shortages. We're starting to hear lots of rumblings out there in the world and the news and articles that, you know, there's going to be problems with food supply next year, probably starting this fall. Um, and obviously, we're all seeing the inflation. If you've been to the grocery store, you've been to the gas pump, even anywhere, you're seeing prices are going up right now and have gone up in some cases uh, grocery store food has doubled since the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's hard on a lot of people. That's really challenging. But in everything, we do want to remind you guys, we identify the issues. We look at the problems, but we don't want to start scrambling and taking action in fear. Right. We want to make sure that um, that you are taking the time to prayerfully, thoughtfully, wisely look at your situation, analyze the situation and figure out where your weaknesses are, what you can do right now, what you can do to strengthen your position and do that in a wise way and not a fear-based way. Right. There's a saying, right? Fear is a liar. And I think that's partially wrong, partially true. Um, Fear is a motivator and it gets our attention. It's emotion that we identify a problem and it wakes us up. And so that, that that's where it has value. But it's in a liar in that it it causes us to freak out. It causes us to either not act mm. or to act inappropriately. And so while we need hard, sorry, the water just keeps running over here. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes we need to be woke up, but then we need to look for solutions and move forward. And, and that's how we successfully address the problem. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so what do you do when you know, inflation is real. And, you know, we don't talk a lot specifics, uh, you know, economics, politics, plenty of other people are doing that. Mm -hmm. But I've been saying for a year and a half to two years, look, this inflation is not transitory, like they've been telling us. It's not going away, at least not any time in the next several years, I I don't believe. And we continue to see that be a truth. Um, We're seeing the gas prices go up substantially. Again, the news is telling us that that's going to continue. Uh, In our food supply in the United States, over 50%, last I read, it's been a year or two since I checked this, um, over 50% of our consumption is for producing food. Right there, regardless of other inflationary effects, that increases food so costs. So 50% of our fuel is fuel going Fuel usage in the United States goes toward agriculture, toward our food production. So it wow. can't, what we're seeing now cannot not increase food prices besides some of the other inflationary actions that we're seeing. But it has a delayed response. So, you know, knowing that, knowing that we're already seeing it go up, mm-hmm. it's going to go up more. Yeah. The next layer you have is particularly the cereal grains issues that mm-hmm. we have for a variety of reasons, reasons from the war in Ukraine and environmental issues, supply chain issues, all kinds of different things. So we believe this is all compounding right now and it is going to get more challenging. Now is the time to either start taking steps or if you have been, increase um, the strategy and maybe the strength the, yeah. of the steps that you're taking. And we're going to get into some practical steps that you guys can take here in just a minute. But before we dive into that, I really, you know, Josh and I were having a conversation before we jumped on here to the video. And I think it was really enlightening in that 
we can see these things as a big problem, right? We can see them as like, oh my gosh, everything's falling apart. This is a huge challenge. Or we can choose to see these things as a accelerator on our own journey, right? You're probably, you're watching us, you're probably already thinking about these things. You're probably already putting up food and thinking about ways to be resilient. This is going to accelerate that process, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to have to do that because we have to do it moving forward. Um, And we're going to have to make changes, not only in food storage, but also in lifestyle in order to meet these challenges gracefully. But they might be really good changes, they might be the changes that we kind of need to be taking anyway. So I don't, you know, I want to help everybody see it from the other side. That yes, it's a challenge and it's kind of a personal challenge. Like I oftentimes meet these things like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to feed this family well, even though food cri- prices are going way up, right? Yeah. So it is a challenge and yet it might be a really, really good one that has a lot of benefits on the other side. Yeah. So let's hold on to that. Because it is going to be challenging, right? Yeah, it is. But so uh, there are some key steps that we feel in in this environment. And we've talked about them in different ways, Mm -hmm. you know, over the years. But there are some really key steps that you can be taking um, right now to start to hedge and to buffer yourself from some of these, you know, basically price increases and scarcity that we're looking at over the next probably couple of years. Yeah. One of them has to do with food storage, of course, right? Mm -hmm starting to bulk up your food supply even more than it has been, especially when it comes to things like grains. Whole whole grains, bulk whole grains is where you're going to be able to really save some money. If you're not already moving that direction in the way you store food and cook, now is a great time to start doing that uh, and getting some bulk storage before the prices go up. You might want to seriously consider getting that grain mill if you haven't done that yet. Maybe even an oat roller. Some grain mills have both of those options. It's a good time to think about that so that you can then store those whole grains and be able to turn them into flour or into rolled oats or whatever it is you want to use. And and hey, we have a lot of videos on the how-to of this. So this is, I think this is going to be a little more of a list of things. And Mm -hmm. we'll link what we can. We'll we'll get as many of those videos linked as we can that are relative down below. Where we go into maybe more depth about, you know, how to buy bulk grains, how to store them, how to use them. Um, Right now, this is just more some things to really be thinking about doing. So so the bulk grains. Look, those grains, if you can get a 50-gallon barrel and either keep you know, one for each grain, or you may not need that much. So, you know, bags in there, but just that alone, that's better than money in the bank. Your money in your savings account is the value of it's going down and down and down every single day. While, while that stored food, which is just one, that value is maintaining and even going up. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so definitely the grains, things like beans are a great thing to have on hand right now. Um, also, you want to look at your meat. There's some predictions coming out that we are going to be facing really, really low meat supplies due to some of the challenges of the growing year this last year. Um, and that right now, meat is plentiful. It's on the market. The market's a little bit flooded at the moment. But mm-hmm. we're about to see the flip side of that, which is that everybody's selling off or has been selling off. And so they don't have any more animals coming into the process. Well, and grain scarcity and grain prices, along with fuel, affects your meat prices. And so it all starts to compound into there. So we may see that go up a lot. So even if you're buying store-bought meat, realize it's really affected 
And if you can, if that if that's the option you have, you're not raising animals, you don't have a source, and you're like, well, all I've got store bought meat. Bulk up, get a freezer, bulk up on the things you use. Try to buy a month, three months, six months, a year if you can. Um, work with within your means, but bulk up. And if that's the only way you can do it, then start there. You're, it's going to help you out. Now, if you can go to a local farmer and buy a half, you know, a beef or, or buy a pork or something like that, then that's even a better step. Yeah. But be finding that way to bulk up and get your meat uh, so put up. Let's address the, the kind of elephant in the room here that I know I've heard a lot of people are saying, okay, we need to bulk up our food storage. But the reality is food prices are already going up. Life's getting harder for families. Yep. It's already getting harder to buy your everyday groceries. How are you going to take this hard situation and then turn around and like double what you're buying or buy more and yeah. bulk up? It's already a challenge, but I got to say to you guys, this is not going to get better. If it's challenging for you now, it's going to be even more challenging later. It might be time to start taking a little bit of more drastic action maybe we cut out a few activities this summer. Maybe we stop driving, you know, the kids to all of the events, using the money on gas, um, things like that. Well, you know, maybe it's worth staying home and camping in the front yard instead of going on a vacation so that you can put some extra money into the food storage while it's still at this level of cost and not when it's doubled again. And that's a, that's a quick way to save money, to have some money for, for some of these other activities yes. is lessening and consolidating movement. Yeah. Fuel prices are going up. Okay, we'll drive less. When you've got to go out, plan it, get strategic. If you live in the country far out like we do, and, and I know some of you do, you already have to do this. But start doing it now to where when you go out, go out for two, three hours or whatever it is a day, if you're farther away, get it all done. Plan mm -hmm. your trip. Make your trip as efficient as you can be. Get everything done you can in one outing. Um, park a car if yeah. you need to in your family. And a lot of families have extra cars. Park it. If you're really concerned, sell a car. Use that money to bulk up on your supplies. And I, I think this is going to be a reality for people. Whether you choose to do it now or not, I think this reality is coming, just the prices of things. And we're, all, we're already hearing it. We're hearing of people that are driving a lot less. I'm sure you guys are experiencing that. That's going to come more. If you can get ahead of that a little bit, that's going to free up some cash mm -hmm. to then take some of these other steps. Well, and we're having to take a lot of those steps ourselves in that, you know, if somebody's going to town, we have the whole list of errands to do. And let's get them all done at once if somebody's already driving right. to town, you know, so that somebody else doesn't have to drive in. Um, you know, I think back, we kind of have this image of the 1950s as being kind of this golden era. People could survive on a single income, things like that. If you look back, though, most people had one car at most. They yeah. made it work. Mm -hmm. You know, they lived within the means that they have. Now we're so used to, you know, everybody has to have a car. The teenager has a car. Both parents have a car. You know, all yeah. of it. There's there's a lot that we can trim out if we have to. And if you get ahead of it, get ahead of the curve in your trimming, it can help you stay ahead of the curve. So trim out the activities before the bank account says, no, you just can't do it. Start now. Yeah. An another thing, this is a little bigger extra step, but if you have the ability to try to bulk up on fuel storage, especially on, if you are on a little bit of farm, You've got to drive further. You've got some space. You're running some other machinery. Um, bulk up on fuel storage. If you search uh, Craigslist, different ads, you can find pretty cheap fuel tanks 
And then, you know, for 250 up to, we have a thousand gallon one that I had split in the 500s and we're getting ready to fill those up. Now that's going to be a big chunk to bite off. So right. that's not always easy to do when I get that. But um, if you can, that consolidates your movement. You can often buy that fuel, have it delivered and it's a bit cheaper. So you're getting a deal. And the sooner you can do that, the better um, because the fuel prices will probably still go up. So that's another strategy. That's a little bigger. You might have to do a little further along to do that, but it is one that can be very valuable, you know, in just that bulking up idea. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that would be really important to do right now is if you can get ahead on your animal feed, especially yes. livestock feed, um, that is going to get very, very hard to get as not only your um, neighborhood pets and other livestock and a homestead mm -hmm. sort of mentality uh, need to be fed. But as the commercial market is getting having a much harder time finding the food that it needs yep. and the prices are going up, yep. it's all going to get more expensive and a little more scarce. Do not wait until October, November, until it's like winter. You know, a lot of us tend to do that. Um, and we're, we're out of a season where that's reliably reliably works and you're going to be paying the highest prices if you're waiting till the end now is the time to be working on that over the next month or two and trying to get that bulk storage of those feeds in i'm going to say something that's going to be really unpopular right now <laughs> and that is if you have excess pets and by pets i mean like horses that are hanging out in your back pasture that aren't being used it might be time to think about moving them on to a home where they're going to be used or where somebody else can get them hay supplies. And this, and and this happened after 2008, yes. after the Great Recession. This was a huge, huge yeah. problem where people were ditching horses because they couldn't afford them. And they couldn't find other homes that could afford them. So it might be the time to do it right now before you're in the crunch and everybody else is in a crunch. Yeah. Find a good home for them and move them on to another location. So there's, I think, you know, we're, we're running short on time. I know right. you have to be at, at an event here. And um, I think there's a theme and, and there's almost some contradiction in that you need to bulk up, but you need to thin down yeah. at the same time. So this is where it's important to get first really thin on your expenditures and your movement and looking now before you're forced to, how can you cut things out and trim up the budget and the movement, which creates ideally some excess right now that you can then put into some areas of bulking up. And, and so that I think is a summary of the strategy points we're talking about. And so there's a lot of areas in your life you can probably look at and go, what can I cut down now? What can we reshape, redo mm -hmm. and squeeze out some excess now that's going to give us a little bit of that ability to bulk up. And that, you know, is going to help because I believe if you don't do it now, you're going to have to do it later to some level. And you're going to be better positioned if you start now. So one very last thought as we're getting ready to go, take the time to plan some fun, enjoyable family things that you can do together right at home yeah. this summer. Campfires out in the backyard, playing music together, game nights, things like that. Don't just wipe out all the fun things in life. Replace it with other things that are meaningful and good time together, right. you guys. One more. Seeds. <laughs> we didn't talk about seeds. Sorry, yes. that, that was one of the top ones on our list for growing your own food. Certainly your gardens, I, it kind of just goes with assumption. Hopefully you're doing what you can to grow food. As all this happens, seeds are going to get more and more challenging. So stock up. Stock up. Yep. There you go. 
Hey, you guys, keep it on the upside. Keep on the sunny side, as they say. Uh, I think we've got a lot of challenges coming. <laughs> we don't have any sun right now. Um, but this can do some great things, and it's uh, we can grow together. We'll be here walking with you, and there's always some good outcomes. And we'll keep rolling forward. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pantry Chat, Food for Thought. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. To view the show notes and any other resources mentioned on this episode, you can learn more at homesteadingfamily.com slash podcast. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.